Welcome to another episode of Putting It Together on Wednesday the 3rd of June 2020. We're into June, can you believe it? Um, I'm still I'm still home. I mean, like everybody else, I guess. Um, so yes, lockdown continues, although it's slightly relaxed. So I, I'm presuming you've all been hanging out with one other household in a garden, seeing people, enjoying the weather perhaps. Um, and I hope that you've had a wonderful time and I hope that you're doing that safely and consciously and conscientiously as well. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not doing too much really. I'm, I'm wary of, I guess I think that a lot of people might do too much. Um, and it, from what I'm seeing in the streets, people are, you know, hanging out a lot. So I think I'm trying to counteract some of that by not doing much by being pretty strict with myself i just don't feel like for me it's just not worth the risk um <clears throat> so life hasn't changed a lot for me in the last few days uh, i don't have a great deal to report to yet except that i've been reading lots really enjoying the weather it's been quite wonderful i find it's easier to read when i'm out in the sun do you, do you find that um i don't know whether it's kind of a a feeling of of being on holiday that i have from whenever i've gone on holiday you know you always end up sitting if you go on a sort of a round the pool type holiday, um, I just read all day. So whenever the sun's shining, I kind of have that feeling. So then it just brings me to a place of reading. But it's good because it's getting me in the rhythm of it. And now that the, the clouds have come again in Glasgow, um, I'm still I'm back in the rhythm of reading. So I'm kind of in the habit of it, you know, which is good. Um, so if you have any book recommendations, I'd love to hear them. Um, I've just today finished why I'm no longer talking to white people about race, which is just amazingly eye-opening. I mean, of course, it would be remiss of me to do this show and not and not mention what's been going on in the U.S. Um, the murder of George Floyd and just um, it's for me. I find it really difficult to talk about because I'm so aware of my own privilege. And I just want to, I want to educate myself. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to find ways of um, taking part in the positive movement, um, you know, supporting Black Lives Matter. And and also, I'm just so wary of being virtue signaling and, and, you know, putting things online emptily. You know, I just don't want to do that. I don't want to be part of that. So I decided I would start reading. That's where I'm going right now to try and know be be more informed about what is you know black people's history in this country um because the book that i've just read is a is a british one um it's about britain you know the black um experience in britain so yeah i'm tr- i'm just trying to kind of open my eyes and um the biggest thing of course that i learned from it which you many of you will already know and i'm almost i'm embarrassed to say it but learning that that racism isn't um as much or isn't solely about individual acts of you know racist attack or hatred and things but it's so much bigger than that that it's systemic and that it's underlying and that it's built into the very fabric of our society and our world and that's this really scary realization because it's easy for me to say i'm not racist um but it's much harder to to be able to stomach the truth that i live in a world that is inherently and um where white privilege of course exists and where I benefit from it hugely and that's really hard so I don't want to blab on about it because I don't feel even close to qualified but I just I'm sharing my own experience which is I'm trying to educate myself um, and I'm excited because it's I I feel like I'm opening up my eyes to a whole new part of uh, you know 
the world, a new a new experience. Um, but of course, I'm you know devastated by what's happening, and I know that it's not new, um, and that it's been going on for a long time. And um, I just I'm sad that it's only now that I'm starting to really um, awaken to to the reality of it. I mean, I'm obviously I know what's happening. I've been aware, but um, yeah, the kind of depth of the problem i think and in that sense i'm i'm embarrassed and i'm saddened but i'm really aware that it's not so not about me and um yeah i'm just in a very very privileged position even to be talking about this on my own show that i have you know um but i'm saying it so that if you haven't already had a look at you know had a read about the the black experience in the world you know or about systemic racism or you know just found those because lots of people are posting about these great books if you haven't already looked i would urge you to do so because it's fascinating and it's eye-opening and it's a way of us feeling that we are taking part a positive role in what's happening um i feel less passive and it's a tiny thing but it's you know i'm excited that i can do that so that's the reason i share it is because i want you to you know, have have that experience if you haven't already, um, and that's all I'll say about it. Just that um, wanted to acknowledge it, and um, it, you know, these things form part of our artistic practice as well. Of course, how couldn't they? Um, because your your personal politics are part of your artistic practice, and then um, you know, it informs everything. So, for me, reading about ideas anything non-fiction that that lights me up is as much part of my artistic research or development as anything else um so i'm kind of you know i'm i'm buoyed up about it if if that's if you can be buoyed up i mean it's terrible of course it's terrible um but about the idea that i can learn more and that i can be of use that's exciting to me so that really is all i'm going to say um welcome to the show how are you I hope that despite all that stuff and all that's going on in the world, you are in some sense at peace, having a nice time, having a good experience of being alive um, and that you're still feeling in some way creative or that you're contributing something. Life is life is good for you in some sense. Um, yes, I've uh, I've had a good time. I've enjoyed the weather, like I say, and I've been reading and, and a lot of rest and yeah, today I feel good, and I'm glad to be bringing you the show. I had a wee chat with Francis Maley McCann, who, um, who I've known since or I knew in childhood, and then I've barely seen for maybe fifteen to twenty years. Um, we've not spoken or anything, and and just actually, she was supposed to be in Glasgow this week in Les Mis, um, and that was my intention was to to chat to her this week in in real life, um, and then of course things changed. So, uh, funnily enough, we ended up talking this week um, down the line and we got to have a wee chat about her life, career, lockdown, but also, um, you know, the the important stuff with Francis being half Chinese, the kind of the impact of of her race on, you know, her work and the way she sees the world and stuff. I thought it was a really cool time to talk about that as well. So it's great to to chat to Francis, especially after all this time. And it's so strange because we were tiny little kids together doing shows at the Mitchell Theatre. Um, and we've both kind of kept doing shows in one way or another. Um, her experience is so different to mine. It was fascinating to learn about her being a swing 
um, in the West End and, and the kind of vigorous audition processes and stuff, stuff that I don't really have much experience of at all. So it's, you'll hear me going, wow, really, is that true? And then you'll say, is he definitely an actor? Yes, yes, but it's a different it's a different ball game up here, isn't it? Anyway, um, so I was delighted to talk to Francis and, and to bring you that conversation. And um, other than that, I don't really have a great deal to share with you because nothing really happens. Um, I've been cycling, which I'm loving. Um, I did twenty miles yesterday, so I've been I'm gradually adding miles to the <coughs> to the whatever to the clock to the app. Of course, it's always an app, so I've been sharing it. Um, I love cycling; it's great. And uh, yeah, I, hope I do it every other day. So I hope to tomorrow will be another cycling day, and we'll add some miles and see what happens. Um, and then there's just the ongoing kind of question of will we. Will we and when will we work again? Um, that does play on my mind, um, but not having any answers for it, I don't have a great deal to say on the topic, I mean, except that there is a possibility that Irish music stuff will start returning before the end of the year. It's been rumoured, and then, of course, there's the moral dilemma as to whether to do it. Um, so, I don't know, I don't know. Um, but I am still playing music, and I'm still writing, and I'm still listening to music and I'm still reading and you know I feel like I'm still engaged which is exciting um I wouldn't have believed it if you'd told me 11 or 12 weeks ago that I would still have you know a bit of a bit of fight left in me I'd still be doing the podcast as well yeah I'm, I'm sort of I'm pleased that that happened and I'm pleased that you're listening and that you you tweet about it and you mention it to your pals and it's, it's so touching and wonderful that that happens and if you haven't done that then then still do that there's still time um, if you're enjoying the show and you think that somebody else would, then please do share it and, and let people know that you're listening to it. Because we could always use more people listening to the show. Why not? Um, so, I suppose it's about time I bring you my guest of the week. It's Frances Mailey McCann and she's with me. And we are Putting It Together. I thought it was stressful having people around my house for the podcast, but I think this t- technological version is Definitely. even worse. Definitely. I don't really do much on the technical side myself. I usually get uh, Chris, my partner, to do it. But um, uh, with all this time off, I'm, you know, I'm learning. I'm doing it myself. It's good. Yeah, you've got a, a wee set up at home. Have you yeah, been doing... and you know, we didn't have this before lockdown. So lockdown hit. And Chris does a lot of voiceover, so he's been doing that. And I've just been singing. I've been singing and making my own little videos, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you doing that on Instagram and I was wondering if it, if there was any uh, purpose for it or just for joy. Just for something to do. <laughs> of course, yeah. Are you in London, yeah? I am, yeah. And how is London treating you? I mean, it's fine. Um, you know, it's definitely not as busy as it, as it usually is, but it's still... Not as quiet as I would have liked to have seen it. Um, yeah. Yeah, which is a bit a bit sad. But, I mean, now that lockdown's easing, people are going out and making the most of the weather. And I'm also doing that because I'm in a flat with no garden. We have no way of enjoying the weather. So oh. I just walk five minutes to a little bit of grass, sit there by myself, read a chapter in my book, and then come home. <laughs> Very good. What are you reading? Well, I just finished a book called Daisy and the Six. It's like um, fictional, just about a, a band in the 70s. It was mm. good. Something easy to read. Right, okay. Are you always reading something? 
Well, now I am <laughs> because I have the time, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, usually, no, not so much. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm kind of getting back into it. Yeah, it's good. And I don't yeah. know what to read, so I ask her recommendations and I just bought a bunch of books and I'm making my way through them. Right. What did you put on yeah. your Instagram? Like, tell me what to read and then just buy them. Yeah. A lot good. of it's fiction because I know I like this kind of genre um, right. of book and then I'm going to buy a thriller and um, maybe some biographies as well. Sweet. I love biographies, yeah. I'm yeah. Quite, quite into them. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Obama's next on my list. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, nice one. How long is it since we've seen each other then? This is what I've been trying to figure out. I mean, we've definitely seen each other since we did um, uh, On the Line. <laughs> oh, yeah, which was previously a kiddie chorus Yes, um, wow. which was, you know, almost, dare I say it, 20 years ago. Yeah, we, oh my God, it could yeah. be more than 20 years ago. Because, yeah, let's, let's not yeah. think too hard about that no, one. <laughs> no, no, yeah. We'll assume it's more than that. But have we seen each other since then? Really? We will have, I'm sure, and it's some at some point in scotland we must have passed because we're like yeah this is the same circles isn't it so yeah and i guess we know all the same people because you you stayed on at gamta and did sort of full-time yeah. stuff didn't you yeah so you were in the class with fiona wood that's right yeah i ah, see and then it's weird how you end up meeting people in circuitous i know ways, yeah. yeah it is wow it's, a... it's funny to think all that time ago like what was your now this is what i've been also mm. trying to figure out what was your character called in that show? My character was called Carmen Lopez. <laughs> That's right. I played the Hispanic character and I loved it. I could I, Did you? I can still remember the song. Oh, go on, do a bit. No, I won't embarrass no, myself. But I remember the song. I remember the choreography, what I wore, how my hair was. Do you really? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I knew that the name was something typically Hispanic, mm-hmm. but like the kind of Hispanic name that someone white would come up with <laughs> yeah but i couldn't remember what it was i thought it was like morales someone morales. <laughs> and then there was john paul McHugh. Mm-hmm. he was the little the little sort of quiet boy wasn't he yeah oh god oh i can't remember god, yeah. what he was called that was such no. a good show those was songs were brilliant fun. yeah they were good songs yeah. i've been talking to Stuart recently actually and some of the songs come back into my head still yeah i've not i've not spoken to him much um but just you know like you do when you see people on social media but um yeah it's funny isn't it how we're all kind of connected now yeah. a lot of us haven't seen each other i for know years. yeah my mum so wants me to contact him and ask him to record the um spanish nights song that's what the, the title was spanish nights spanish, spanish nights, nights are, are calling, calling. <laughs> spanish what was the next lyric spanish nights are calling calling my name come on down to yes. my doorstep and have a taste of fame Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I just did the choreography then. You you won't be did able to you? see that, but I did the choreo. Right, okay. I can see it. Dun, dun, dun. That's it. I can sort of feel it. And I'm not sure I can see it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's mad. I mean, such sort of formative years. So everything, that all that stuff just had so much of an impact on me because I was at school not, not enjoying myself. Yeah. And then going and doing that stuff with all you guys was just like, that's where I felt at home. Yeah. Was that kind of your experience? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't have trouble at school and mm-hmm. um, enjoyed what I was doing in stage school. I never f- felt, like, out of place anywhere. But I guess when it comes to, like, the time of you're sitting, the, uh, I mean, we call it hires. I don't know what they maybe call it now. Um, mm-hmm. And you start to think, well, what am I going to do with my life? And I knew yeah. that, well, I'm I'm going to go and perform. And it wasn't really 
a debate or a question I just knew yeah that's what I'm going to do I've been doing it for however many years now so I just kind of followed that path and just at the time when I was leaving Gamta started their full-time college course and it was perfect it all just kind of lined up right so there was never any doubt in your mind from what kind of age I guess like 14 or so when you start to really think about these things seriously um I I did toy with oh well I could go on and study something and maybe become a school teacher but that was just a safety net that was also you know when you say to have a backup um but then you can kind of go and do that at any any point it's better to try this route and then if I fail if I don't if I don't find happiness in it then I can go and try something else yeah I suppose that that, and that kind of there's a there's a grind to it isn't there I mean in terms of like working other jobs to keep going and running about for auditions and stuff like that have you done a lot of that um I in between jobs I know I've been lucky enough to not have big stints between jobs that I can fill with you know weeks on teaching dance or work in front of house I've not had to pick up something Mm. more long term um but it is just part and parcel of it even if I do have to go and work a nine to five for a year or two um you don't get into this industry to to make money it's there's not a ladder that you can climb so one day you know yeah. you might be playing the lead in a show at the national and then the next you're a feature ensemble and something else it's just the way it works you can't work your way up to be the ceo of the company <laughs> yeah, ceo of theater yeah exactly <laughs> uh yeah so you just i think you have to be prepared for that especially when you come out of of university or college it, your training hasn't stopped it just continues yeah. forever of course what was your trajectory then in like coming out of Gamta? so you did a showcase in london presumably yeah we had a showcase in glasgow and also in london and i signed with my agent um london based out of that mm-hmm. and i actually stayed in glasgow for the first uh, maybe like year and a half um right. yeah commuting for auditions um, working up in Scotland and it wasn't until I got my first show in the West End that I obviously had to move down for and I've right. kind of stayed in London since I've been back and forth to Glasgow just if I have a tour then I take my base up there but mm-hmm. yeah I managed to do the commute from Glasgow to London which now saying that sounds crazy <laughs> yeah because if that's the case now I wouldn't recommend it yeah of course. it's a massive difference being in London and just you know, being in the network, being able to, you know, connect with people in the industry and just meet someone for a coffee or maybe you've got an audition tomorrow and not having to drop everything. It's only maybe an hour that I'll need to move around to make the audition. Yeah, of course, yeah. What was that first job that after the year and a half then that brought you to the West End? It was Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Oh, yeah. It was the final year at the palace, yeah. Right, Oh, okay. it was so much fun. I was a swing which I've never done before. Mm. Um, but it was a great way to like be kind of thrown into the industry and learn because I had to learn all these tracks and just, you know, it was a great way to gain respect for people that do cover and just the roles that people yeah. people have. Um, That's a huge learning curve. Yeah. I mean, how many tracks did you have to learn? Well, fortunately it was, um, how many, get? there were six females in the show and there was three divas so they all did their ensemble track but then the three divas had their solo songs to sing 
and then the three characters. So it was covering all their ensemble tracks and then two of the divas and two of the characters. So it wasn't it wasn't as much as I think some shows have now, like Hamilton. I look at that show and I think, mm. wow, that's a real, real skill to be able to swing that. Would there be a swing on Hamilton that does... Well, they wouldn't do everything, would they? Wouldn't do everything. Do, like, I think the they have... Yeah, they'll have like a number of tracks that they'll have to first cover and second cover, I mm. imagine. But right. it's a lot. It shows incredible, so hats off to them. <laughs> I suppose if you were doing second cover swing stuff, you would kind of there must be part of your head that thinks, oh, I'll never have to do well, this. You think that. Worry too much. You think that. And then it'll happen. And it happens, yeah. I mean, were you how how often were you on in Priscilla then? Um, quite a lot because also there's the holiday to take into account. So you think, oh, they've yeah, so got the schedule times yeah, they've got four weeks on. off. They've got four weeks off. Great, I have time that I can then invite people to come see me. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, there'll be times that you'll just go on, you know, mid-show or, yeah, just... Mid-show? Yeah. Oh, wow. oh, oh, my God. <laughs> That's always amazing to me. So I <laughs> went on mid-show um, once and we had this tiny little dressing room for the three swing girls. It was so small and I was falling asleep on the floor. I know, not professional during the show. <laughs> but luckily, all the swings, we were all in our room together. So that's like six or seven of us. And there was an announcement over the tannoy just saying, for the remainder of the show, this role will be performed by Frances Mealy McCann. And they just looked at me and I was asleep on the floor and they thought, (laughs) is she joking? Like, she's got to go on. I had one song to get ready and make my way down three floors, get on stage on top of a bus and sing. And... Oh Bearing in mind this Lord. character, like, you're in a corset, you're in a fishtail skirt, you've got a full face of makeup and a massive, like, red sky-high wig on. So I had people doing <laughs> my makeup, people changing me, putting my wig on. I didn't have a drink of water, though. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I'd been sleeping with my mouth open. It's just really not attractive. Get on stage and I was like, <laughs> why didn't I just take a sip of water? And then I got to sing, I will survive. Like... One of the biggest <laughs> disco anthems ever. Yeah. So that was a lesson learned. Wow. So someone had got injured mid-show. Yeah. I thought maybe you'd have the interval or something. To get no, ready. this was like the closing of Act One. Wow. So then I got the interval. You must have been just flying high by the time the interval came, no? Yeah. I don't even remember. I just remember that story. <laughs> That's amazing. I love those stories. I watched a, a documentary about covers, like not swings, but, you know, standbys. Yeah. Um, Broadway standbys who just don't go on unless the lead is ill and you know often the lead is a big name and they just they, the last thing they want to do is let the name go off you yeah know? there was one guy that did a whole year on something like The Little Mermaid or something he didn't go on once wow I thought that's so sad that is and also I just personally don't know if I could do it just always sitting on the edge of my seat thinking is today yeah. the day my anxiety would be through the roof absolutely yeah yeah, and just like this guy just had his dinner in the in the wee dressing room every night, and he sort of sat and he was oh. writing or he was reading or he was whatever, and just waiting yeah. and waiting, and he never went on. Oh wow, so sad. Yeah, that's commitment. But then that's a vital person, isn't oh, it? Oh, absolutely, because so you just never know what can happen. And you look at the shows that didn't have understudies, you know, like more smaller yeah. productions that said, "Oh, we'll be fine." Exactly. Yeah. I happens? mean, for the first year, the first tour we did of our ladies, we didn't have any covers and did you not luckily we got through i mean i think it was only like a four maybe three four month tour but Mm -hmm. you know luckily we didn't need anyone at that point 
that's just sheer luck though isn't it complete luck yeah. we're all young and fit was that first <laughs> iteration of our ladies the b- before you did priscilla no that was um that was after yeah right right so what did that first year and a half look like when you were commuting to london and doing auditions was that a real slog yeah and i look back and i do regret staying in glasgow i was just i was comfortable you know i wasn't yeah. ready i didn't feel like i was brave enough to move out on my own into to london where it's just so crazy big and expensive especially mm, without yeah. a job without that security so um yeah i stayed at home stayed at my parents was still going in and out of Gamta, I think, teaching and doing the odd workshop. Mm-hmm. But it was either a flight to London for an audition or getting the train super early and then back at night or staying with a friend overnight. Yeah, it's pretty brutal, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. It also, you know, spent a lot of money doing it that way and probably mm-hmm. missed out as well on a lot of auditions just because of the short notice. Yeah, if you could, if you had been across town, you could have yeah. attended who knows what other ones. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But you worked as well in that time in Scotland. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, I mean, I think the first thing that I did out of college was an episode of a series called Lip Service. Oh yeah, I remember that show. Yeah, I did. See, an episode of that. I did an episode of River City and did Panto at the Kings. Oh, with um, Nicola. Which was yes, yeah, I, that was the first I Panto I did. That show. I, I saw that production. Yeah. I think it was the last one that Kelly did, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, sadly. Oh, wow. Oh, that's cool. Love Nicola. She's brilliant. Yeah. So, I mean, you have... That wouldn't be your only time out as Jasmine, I'm assuming. Oh, no. (laughs) No. I don't know how many times I've I've done that role now. It's either that or Snow White. (laughs) Oh, right. Okay. Because you've got really dark hair as well. So you can do the Snow White thing. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about race, actually. because I mean, Mm -hmm. particularly because of like what's, what's happened in the last few days. Yeah. In the US. But I mean, it's just made me really super aware of white privilege. And yeah, it's Mm -hmm. just something I never really understood before. I suppose being a beneficiary of it. Has yeah. your, I mean, that's an example, I suppose you could argue of it being a positive thing for you, you know, your Asian oh, heritage. Oh, totally, yeah. But do, have you ever felt like it's been a, a roadblock to, to getting in places or doing things that kind of systemic white privilege? I mean, I don't think so, not so much, or maybe I'm just kind of unaware. Mm. Um, there's definitely times that have stuck out where I've thought maybe, you know, my heritage has allowed me to tick a box for some things like in the industry yeah um i felt it you know it's become more of a conversation in the past few years which has been great you know really looking forward to representation mm-hmm. um but you know i as well being you know half half chinese i'm feel massively privileged as well and yeah. although i can say that yes i've been subject to acts of racism i can probably count how many times that i've had to go through that yeah and it's not on the scale that the americans are going through right now no so it's great that it's now an open conversation as uncomfortable as it is um people are now kind of really doing something about it being active and educating themselves and other people along the way so you know the conversation just now is about black lives matter but hopefully in the future that will then open up to seeing everyone no matter what your color is equal mm-hmm. which is yeah will be great for you know my community all other communities in the long run of course yeah 
I just I hope that's the case I've seen you know hopefully not just now because it's trending that when that trend stops you know on Twitter or Instagram that people will then stop you know researching and reading as well I hope that's not the case yeah that's I feel a sort of a change in me in, in that in the last few days a kind of a sense of I'm not just retweeting but I've started kind of reading and trying to educate yeah. myself I think that's a responsibility I don't want to bang oh, totally, it yeah. I'm not uh, a hero or anything but um I'm just thinking you know it's it doesn't seem to me that long since productions panto productions of Aladdin were pretty problematic racially wouldn't you say oh yeah is that still absolutely have you noticed it um no, when was it? So Nicola and I did Aladdin in Glasgow, and then the following year we did it in Bromley. Mm-hmm. And like the the set, the writing on the set, I don't know how old it was and why it hadn't been changed. Mm. But you know, it said like, what did it say? Flesh lice. Like that's the way it was spelled. Oh wow. Okay. And you know, some of the direction that they wanted me to do, I had to say no. Right. The way they wanted me to physically play this character was just offensive, so I refused. Mm. Um, yeah. And I'd, I mean, it's, I'm happy to play the role of Jasmine because it's my responsibility to play the character because I'm of the correct ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean... It's a difficult conversation because if you try and cast the whole production according to race, then, you know, I don't think you're going to find enough people. Yeah. And that's sad to say, but then does that mean that we don't hear this story? I know it's just panto and it's a laugh, but does it mean we don't hear stories? We only hear stories from the kind of the parts that we can cast ethnically. I don't know if what I'm saying here is clear, but... I think it um, is, yeah, I think it is. I mean, y- there probably aren't enough um, British-Asian actors yeah. to fill all the productions of Aladdin that we have. Yeah. But at the same time, if there's a, a number of British-Asian actors in a production, then at least we're, we can hopefully avoid the, some, the sort of gaffes that you're talking about. Exactly, yeah. Um, the last one that I was involved in was horrifying. Like, you know, the kind of stuff. Oh. And, it was, you know, it was just... I'm talking about makeup, you know, eyes, makeup, and mm-hmm. pronunciations, and funny voices, and songs, and just, yeah, just really bad. And I was yeah. very young. I was MD in it, but I was very young, and I was also kind of half drunk a lot of the time. So I wasn't in any position to uh, speak up, or at least I didn't speak up. Um, but mm-hmm. when I think back, I'm like, that's really bad. And I do wonder if it still goes on, but you're confirming, yeah. I suppose it does, yeah. Well, I think it's been a few years now, so I'd like to think it's. It is moving on. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I'd like See. to think so. Would you say then that yeah. <laughs> a lot of the other jobs that you've had have been where you've played a character w- with the same race as yours or as some a lot of times it's not been noted or nodded to at all? Um, I think probably half and half, to be honest. Like, um, Priscilla, I, I covered in the West End and then went on to play on tour the role of Cynthia mm-hmm. who's a uh, Filipino right so I've played Filipino I've played a character um recently in a play called The Great Wave who was half Japanese half uh Korean mm-hmm. um I don't know if I've actually played Chinese but 
like I said before, it's it's a case of finding the right finding someone for of that ethnicity is really difficult when it's just a small pool of people. Yeah, of course. In yeah. this country, so if I can do it on their behalf, I've got that responsibility rather than giving it to someone that's not mm-hmm. right in that sense. Yeah, um, it's a start, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And you when know, did you start? The story of with... the Asian community. Exactly. So your current job, which of course you're sadly not being allowed to do it, is is mm. in Les Mis. Yes. How long did you do that before it all stopped? Well, we started rehearsals in October and then started playing at the end of November, I think. So mm. maybe like two, three months because we had a couple of weeks off um, over the new year as well. Right. Which was which wasn't enough time really i feel like it was hardly anything that we that we played even though it was a good few months and we went to some great cities it feels like i've, I've not even done it yeah. it's a job that i have been wanting to do since i graduated you know i, I auditioned first two three years out of college and never booked it okay and that was it i never got seen for it again i thought my time on that has passed mm-hmm. and then it came round last year and I wasn't sure if I wanted to go down that road again. It's a big commercial show. It's a long tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been doing like small productions for shorter lengths of time, which is great so I can do more. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, do you know what? If I don't do it now, I will definitely never do it. Yeah. So when the opportunity came, I said yes. And then I'm not getting to do it. Oh, it's so, tragic, isn't it? I know we should actually be opening in Glasgow tonight. Oh no, that's amazing. Yeah. So in a way we might have met today in the other world. Yes. Because I was absolutely yes. coming to you see you. So, oh my goodness, never yeah. thought of that. I know, I would have been bringing McEppanine <laughs> to my hometown. <laughs> so it was it that specific role that you wanted to do right from the off? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You were clear on that. Always that role. Wow. Yeah. And what ha- do, is there any um, idea of when it'll come back or if it'll come back or what? Well, no idea when, but there is a possibility it will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sadly, was it last week or the week before Phantom uh, of the Opera? That tour was cancelled oh, right. um, due to it being a new tour. But I think because Liam is has already been out for a year, mm-hmm. so it's already done a lot of venues. A lot of people have seen it. So the possibility is that if we were to go back out, then we might not have to stay as long because this tour sits down in venues for like four or five weeks Ah, okay so you could do shorter Um, engagements in each place maybe yeah which would be ideal um so i think you know we're hopeful for that but we won't hold our breath gosh yeah i mean who knows when were you supposed to keep going until the end of november oh so it was a whole year you were doing yeah yeah that's amazing though to get to spend that time with that amazing piece of work you know i know and it is it's, it really is incredible everybody you know not just in the musical theater or theater world knows what lame is everybody does yeah i mean it's part of our culture now an idea of totally yeah. and you just take it for granted and you know the music but when you get to hear it live with a massive orchestra every night it's just so incredible yeah. that sound and when we did it first time like like a sits probe with them and they asked me how it felt to sing on my own. 
mm-hmm. with the orchestra and not just the piano in the rehearsal room, I was kind of speechless. Yeah. And I don't think I gave them the answer they were looking for because I was just, I was also really nervous. It was quite overwhelming. It must have been, yeah. Yeah. I can't even yeah imagine. I listened to that. I think I listened to it on mini disc. I think I made a mini disc of my double CD <laughs> when I was a teen and listened to it over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah. That old soundtrack. But I suppose it must sound a lot different to that now, like this new production. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I don't know if much has changed. Um, Like Claude Michel came in a couple of times to work with us on it and just wanted to play around with the tempos and mm-hmm. hear us sing, I, I suppose, which right. was really, really cool. Um, Amazing, but right? I don't know if much has changed in terms of yeah the sound of it. Right. Okay. But visually, it has changed, hasn't it? Since oh yeah, so yeah. this was a new tour. Right. So, uh, yeah, the production's changed from what it was in the West End, and they took it out on tour. So there's no revolve. Um, there's some projection, mm. and it's great. It you know the old production obviously was amazing, but it's so refreshing to have this new new spin on it yeah and it does look really really cool um which is just a shame that it's come to a halt right now yeah was so they didn't i thought they overhauled the west end production like and changed that yeah so actually i think i think it went out on tour first and then they changed the west end got you yeah because that had been there for what 30 years or something oh yeah long time (laughs) amazing yeah um so What's what's happening now on a day-to-day basis? How are you keeping yourself from going out of your mind? Is always my question. Well, um, what do I do? I work out. Mm-hmm. Um, I always go to the gym anyway. So, but I'm, I'm getting bored of working out in the house. It's really, yeah. it's really limiting. We've got a good kit, but it's boring. Mm-hmm. So I started running, which I don't usually do. Right. And it's really difficult. But it's also quite addictive Yeah. to yeah. like keep track of it and how far you go and the time. So I've been doing that maybe three or four times a week. And then, you know, just trying to find ways to keep busy, like singing and reading mm-hmm. and just finding little projects to do. I'd like to say I'd be more productive, but I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think at the beginning I had all these big ideas I was yeah. going to read you know massive iconic novels and write a screenplay and all the rest of it and now I'm yeah. just like yeah you know just filling time sets. now yeah I mean today I woke up at three o'clock so oh wow I mean I woke up at eight and then I stayed up for a bit but then I, I definitely went back to sleep about 12 till three <laughs> which is unusual but I just woke up suddenly at three and I was like what the hell's going on here I don't even know anymore <laughs> I don't ha- have a plan I just see what happens yeah and you're um yeah. you're in lockdown with your long-term partner yeah, with um, Christopher and also our flatmate, Simon. Oh, you have a flatmate as well, right? So it's three of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've actually got two flatmates, but my friend Lauren, she's went back to her parents' house. Right. So she's been there the entire time. Oh, okay. So how long has it been since you saw yeah. your folks then? When was it? Oh, I went back up to Glasgow in February, right. the end of February, um, just because I thought, well, I'm not going to be home till June, so I'll go up in February because it's been a while. So I'm yeah. glad I did that. Of course, because you thought you were going to be there this week. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And what do your family make of your, your work and stuff? Is there is there this kind of thing in your background? That's the thing. It's not. No? I think maybe on my 
my dad's side there were some performers um maybe dancing and singing but not on a professional level mm-hmm. and like you know my sister she can play a load of instruments and she sings but again like not professionally yeah just as a hobby so i'm the only one that's taken it up that's been stupid enough to try and make a career out of it (laughs) (laughs) and are they are they big fans of your work now yeah i mean they've never seen they've never seen lemas yeah and you know it was going to be perfect i was going to be home for a month it was going to be there and they were going to come see it and i know they would have loved it uh because i didn't think that priscilla was going to be my my dad's cup of tea right okay Yeah, yeah and he came to see it absolutely loved it came again the following weekend brought my gran and bearing in mind i'm playing cynthia cynthia's like in a corset brand pants shooting ping pongs out our ping pong (laughs) so i was really surprised at that yeah of course yeah i mean they must just get a shock all the time though because my parents have seen me in some some weird stuff and they just keep showing up yeah good on them fair enough yeah but my dad has definitely threatened to walk out a few times. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, with our ladies, I did have to put a disclaimer out. Just, you know, we're Catholic, but we swear a lot. <laughs> and we don't do, the you know, what they expect of us. Because I'm from a big Catholic family. So I just had to let them know that. Right, but okay. they love it. And I think because I've not grown up going to see musicals all the time. And it's just not been in our family. Then it's something different it's a bit of culture um and they've started to then do it by themselves and even if i'm not in the show they'll go and see something right so they're they're into it now yeah yeah oh that's cool yeah, yeah. so your um which side of your family is catholic and uh, that would be my dad's side right. um yeah he's well my gran is was from dublin right. so oh, irish okay. big family yeah same Catholics. as us yeah yeah so your mum's side is the Chinese part of the family. Yeah, and that's is right. There, is there a religion or spirituality in that background that you know of? Yeah, so my gran was Buddhist and my mum was also. And then when she came over, um, she converted. Right. Um, married my dad, yeah. Okay, that's so interesting. So do you, do you ever, do, yeah. do you feel kind of uh, ripples of that still? Not so much. When we'd go over to Hong Kong... Um, and also uh, for like ceremonies and stuff, you honour it. Mm-hmm. But that's probably the extent of it. I'm always kind of interested in that stuff in different different uh, religions and yeah, histories and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, what's next then? I mean, if you if, if Lame is... Say, say, let's imagine that we're in the world where Lame is still going on and it's going to finish in November. Okay. What do you think would be in your sights now? Oh, I have no idea. You're just gonna see. Um, you're just gonna see what happened. I guess. I guess, yeah. I think the the thought was I'd be doing Les Mis, which is ultimate musical theatre, hmm. on this long tour. So I would like to maybe not go back out on tour, and maybe not do musical theatre. Right. So whether that's like straight theatre or play or maybe some screen, that would be a good next step. Yeah, of just course. Just to mix things up. Yeah, so yeah. that's a sort of antidote, isn't it? Yeah, you don't want to be pigeonholed and it's nice to kind of use your craft in different ways, I suppose. Yeah. Do you feel that your process is different when you're doing 
quote unquote straight plays to musicals like you're you're do you approach it differently yeah i think so most of the time i guess when i've been doing musicals it's not been as serious i guess i guess it's been more Mm light-hearted subject matter compared Mm -hmm. to like the great wave the play that i did um which was about a woman who was kidnapped from the shores of japan and taken to north korea Oh, right, wow. So you can guess that's not going to be a light-hearted subject. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that's a completely different process. I don't find so much in musical theatre that you do a lot of background. Right, yeah. And find where the story comes from. It's kind of like, okay, let's learn the music and then let's learn the blocking and it all just kind of fits together in this nice jigsaw. Yeah, I suppose it's all there for Whereas, you, isn't it? Or the ideas that it Yeah, with, with plays... Um, and things like that you have to put a lot more work in I guess to find out where the story or the background of these characters where it's coming from mm-hmm. yeah of course and then I suppose if you do a show like Les Mis which has been running for decades is it very much kind yeah. of um, this is where you stand and this is what you do or do, is there much room for interpretation these days Um, yeah I would say there's a bit of a bit of room for interpretation I mean I Maybe not so much in the blocking because they want you to be here, mm. but it's not like you must put your hand up at this word and put it down mm-hmm. just as long as you're kind of in that vicinity. Okay. And I mean, that's it with blocking, but I was singing it in my own accent, which oh, I don't right. know if that's been done before, um, but it just didn't feel natural for me to sing it in in English or cockney mm-hmm, yeah so that was really nice to be able to do that that's great i never thought of that and of course yeah. it's sung through isn't it you wouldn't speak at any point yeah exactly there's some bits that are a wee bit more spoken through right um yeah than completely sung out yeah mm-hmm. so that was nice my accent could really come out then that's cool gosh i never thought of that actually as, as happening yeah I always was surprised when I went to see the West End production of Wicked that they spoke in English accents. I don't know why. I was like... I know. <laughs> I don't know why that's weird because it's yeah. a magical fantasy world, isn't it? Yeah. And I think also because you're used to maybe hearing the American soundtrack or the movie uh, Wizard of Oz. It's, yeah, it's American, isn't it? Yeah, we learned all that from America, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Are there any big, uh, big hit shows like that that you would still like to be in if you could? I mean, I guess Hamilton. Oh yeah, yeah, that would be sweet. That is just that music is is right up my street. Like mm-hmm. I grew up, my I've got four older sisters and one little brother, and all my sisters listen to different music, mm-hmm. and my dad listens to different music. My brother, so it's great. I just then grew up with this massive eclectic taste of music, but I think the biggest one that stood out for me was like R and B and hip hop. Right. So when that came out, I was just this is this is incredible. Um, to take that story and put it to that music and cast it the way you have. Yeah, and there had so, never been anything like that before. I mean, it's so crazy. Never, yeah. yeah. And the fact that it has broken that much ground, like it's been an incredible, incredible hit. Yeah, um, huge. Have you ever been up for it? I have, yes. Oh, okay. wow. <laughs> um, the first year, I, I think I got to the final with it for the three girls. And I just remember having like this massive folder of the music. I had like 12, 13 songs and then my own songs on top of that to learn God. and learn the harmonies and sing it all. It was it was a lot. So they put you through just about all the bits of the show then that you would be doing? 
just about yeah. yeah yeah that's amazing have you had that and happen with other stuff where you've had to learn like huge folders full of stuff to audition i think so i mean probably i don't remember there being as much as there was for hamilton mm-hmm. i mean i have to ask yeah, because was... it's not my experience like auditioning for mm-hmm. things on that scale it's more like can you do one song maybe do a song unaccompanied yeah. and re- yeah. you know, tell us a story or something that's the kind of shows i go for and play the accordion <laughs> yeah it's a different ball game do you play any instruments i i gave up too easily and you had you had to do it in school in music so i picked the piano or the keyboard mm-hmm. and i was it's just so frustrating i just couldn't get my fingers to move that way <laughs> so frustration gets the better of me yeah it's like that and tap dancing don't ask me to tap because i can't do it <laughs> oh god no i was terrible at that as well and i remember in yeah. to like ballet and exams and all that I hated it. I was like, when's the panto don't make me do this yeah <laughs> at school when we did keyboard we were all in a room with like keyboards all around the wall you know and we uh-huh. all yeah. had headphones in and we we're all playing yes exactly the same. and the pink panther were the two things we had to play <laughs> we had Mull of Kintyre. <laughs> With one finger. Did you have the little backing thing on and you had to like make the chords, hold down the little chords? Yeah. The little drum yeah. beat. It's awful. <laughs> Can you imagine that? I mean, the other thing we had to do was um, play, I think it was on xylophone maybe, um, improvise. So we would take out the the little oh, sticks of notes that wouldn't fit in the the key that we were working in. And then you could basically, the idea was you could hit any key and you would, that would count it as improv. <laughs> oh, wow. Isn't that, it's pretty rough, yeah, we I had think. to We had to do improv in, on the keyboard. I was oh, like, boy. I can't even play the music you're putting in front of me, so how am I going to make my own? <laughs> did, you have, did you have it in turns like, right, go, Francis, and then everyone's quiet? Possibly. I might have erased that memory oh, from my head. Uh, <laughs> God, yeah. I remember a guy pointing at me once in, a, in an Irish music session and saying piano solo and I was just <gasps> far too embarrassed to say no so I was like oh, okay and I, I just mumbled my way through eight bars and he went fantastic another eight bars <laughs> and he was kind of running the session I was like well I guess I've got to do it it's four in the morning someplace I oh, did wow. it you know sometimes the, the, the pressure makes you do things don't you think yeah absolutely <laughs> well I'm going to let you go and do your thing thank you so much for talking to me thanks for having me yeah, nice. I think I've had just about the whole cast of Our Ladies now. <laughs> Good to complete the set. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> right, thanks again. Yeah, thanks. A wee reunion of old friends there, eh? It's funny how it all comes back round. I mean, Francis and I worked together when we were tiny little kids. I mean, I must have been... I would imagine I was about 12 and she'd be eight or nine I think um, when we last did anything together and since then she ended up in the same class at drama school as my good pal Fiona Wood who I talk to you know every week every other day kind of thing um, and yet we've never hung out together and then she was in our ladies of perpetual sucker with many of the other women that have been on this show Dawn Severay, Karen Fishwick you know any number of them Joanne McGuinness um, so yeah it's kind of cool how it all comes back round and it's funny when you think back to those shows that you did as a kid I always you know it's an amazing feeling of nostalgia that comes and Francis still remembers some of the music and um it's yeah it's just funny to go back isn't it and it I suppose at this time more than ever you have more time in your own head don't you so I kind of you reminisce a wee bit and 
I don't know, it's a peculiar feeling, that reminiscence. Um, loads of great memories, and actually when you realise how big a part of your life all that stuff was, because to me, it, I think one's own experience, you know, is just, is the norm, isn't it? Before you have any way of shifting perspective and imagining what it's like to be in someone else's uh, life situation, I think when you're eight or nine, whatever it is that you do is your normality. Um, and it's only now with hindsight I look back and I think, wow, you know, that, that really wasn't, a very quote-unquote normal experience to be doing all those different performances and traveling around and stuff like that it's just yeah it's amazing um it's cool to look back and i wouldn't change any of it you know even the difficult stuff i never thought that i've never thought i would like to oh i wouldn't do that again because i just think my philosophy has always been whatever happened up to now brought me to where i am now and it had to happen so that i got to where i am and I feel like if you change one thing, then everything just comes tumbling down. And how would you possibly? I don't know. I mean, it's all it's all semantics, isn't it? Or it's all academic. Um, anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm glad to be having the platform to talk about it and to have you listen. Thank you so much. Um, now, if you would like to support the show, then you can do so by following us on social media. That's PitCCPod on Instagram and on Twitter. So please do follow us. Do it right now if you aren't already doing it. And share some stuff, retweet us, give us a shout. You know, it makes all the difference. And uh, on Facebook, you can find us under Putting It Together. We have a wee page there, so go and follow that as well, please. And if you're one of those lucky people who has a wee bit of disposable income, your your income hasn't been affected by the current climate, then please do go to puttingittogethercast.com and click the yellow donate button. Now you can donate any amount, large or small, and you can do a one-off or a regular monthly donation. There's many people doing different things with that and it's all appreciated and it all makes a difference and the idea of course is that this can be my job eventually um been doing it for a long time and i'd like to keep doing it for a long time um and it doesn't come for free so if you feel that you can contribute to that then it would be so much appreciated remember go to the website puttingittogethercast.com and click the yellow donate button you'll find it right in the middle of the page dead easy so that is about the size of it for me this week um, I just wish you well and I hope that um, you'll stay safe despite the lockdown easing in this country um, you know still be still be careful and look after yourself and each other and uh, have a have a wonderful experience of life that's what I want I want people to have a nice experience you know sometimes I'm at fault for trying to, trying to make light of everything because I want everyone to be happy you know that's one of my faults I think um, but we have to acknowledge the good with the bad too don't we so, yes, I'm just saying look after yourself and, and, and be cool and have a nice time if you can. Um, be grateful for what we've got. That's what we've got to do. And uh, until next week, same time, same place, I'll just say what I always say. Cheerio now. <laughs>